This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. Welcome back, guys, to Off the Break Podcast. Hello. I'm here on a Friday, ready to go. Early morning coffee edition. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I've had so much coffee this morning. And yet you still sound like you're asleep. I know. Hello, everyone. Welcome. That's because between <laughs> 6 and 7 o'clock this morning, I was in a very deep trans sleep like very deep it was like yogi bear snoring (laughs) 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 it was aggressive yeah the kind of sleep she was getting then but 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 that's what we all dream of having yeah dreaming of being in yogi bear mode i woke up and i'm like i gotta get going (laughs) (laughs) we got a podcast to do let's go there's not enough coffee it was like fred flintstone with the (laughs) me 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 (laughs) me It was crazy. <laughs> I just appreciate Hanna-Barbera references today. Can we keep this going? Ken, you're the reference guy. <laughs> Can you make we it had, happen? I, yeah, but ever do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, yeah. We're, we got to work up to this. You kind of circled back to Yogi Bear. Everyone kinda, needs their coffee. <laughs> kind of. Are there any references? Kind of sprung this on me. I don't know. A, a Judson's reference somehow thrown in there. Hey, hey are... boo boo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's all Yogi Bear stuff. Okay. <laughs> Oh. Cody's like I, I no still idea. this is too early. Yeah, it's still too early. I'm just I'm here for the ride. Perfect. Well, as yeah. our host, <laughs> well, I, for I, the ride. I guess I'm I'm taking the reins here today. <laughs> Into the we had release changes this week. And there right. we go, creating off cliff. I know, right and off the, the train. Hey, boo boo! The, the movie came off the tracks. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Bullet train reviews. Hey, <laughs> we always start with release calendar changes. So, Kyle, what do you have any this week? Has Sony come through for us? Uh, nope, nothing from Sony this week yet. It's still early in the day, so we'll see. But um, we do have something that changed for the month of August. Uh, 3,000 Years of Lawning from United Artists has moved up its release date from August 31st to August 26th. So it's not oh on God. that weird Wednesday date. That's such a good move. I don't know why at all United Artists wanted that August 31st date. Like, no. I know they were trying to get the Wednesday before Labor Day weekend, but I'm like, just no, no one wants to program anything to start on a wednesday right now the only time we like to do this is around thanksgiving and christmas like please can we just hold those wednesday openings for the actual holidays maybe the fourth maybe the fourth yeah really depends on where the fourth falls but real holidays real big ones i mean this was just such a smart move probably because they heard back from all the exhibitors they're like can i just play it friday are you saying the fourth of july is not a real holiday (laughs) no i was saying it is i'm saying labor day is not (laughs) Well, for those who some love laborers, Labor Day weekend. Some laborers would beg to differ. Yeah. How dare you? Hey, Labor Day weekend is for camping. Okay. <laughs> That's true. Plain and simple. It is not for movie going. It's for camping. Fourth of July is when the campers go to the movies. Well, yeah. I can't give UA any credit for this because of how stupid it was in the beginning. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, it feels like a late turn. They've like, never. Course correction here. At the very last minute. Like, oh, whoops. <laughs> We totally, totally meant to do it on a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Who put that number that in there? That makes box office re- reporting and accounting so much easier. Who would have thought? With with our very extensive staff that we have currently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as, as Amazon is about to take the reins. Maybe it was Amazon that came in and was like, you put this movie when? <laughs> Who goes to movies on a Wednesday? Or, or it was an Amazon <laughs> because that's like when they released the rentals or movies on prime or something <laughs> right, like well, oh yeah wednesday that makes sense yeah that's our they, then they like let amazon play in the sandbox a little bit and then they're like okay enough of the shovel and they took it away yeah <laughs> you had enough fun for one day yeah. um but the other date the change that we can talk about is this wonder spinoff movie called white bird a wonder story speaking of fun <laughs> it has been removed from the what? october 14th release date and there is currently no date for it yet i knew lionsgate doesn't know what to do with an actually good film like you think this is actually a good film uh for the last few things that they've put out there yeah this one actually was something that could have maybe done some business especially among like school groups and stuff like the first wonder movie kurt warner biopic they've done lots of good things (laughs) (laughs) 
they're at the top of their game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Wonder Movie was cute when it came out um, during Thanksgiving, and it did well then. But have you? Do you remember the trailer for? white bird like like a holocaust thing to it but i think that what i was hoping for with it was that um people would see the wonder part and just be like oh school groups need to come to this like they came out in mass for for the first wonder and it's not as lighthearted or as i wouldn't even say that wonder was lighthearted it was just maybe way heavy yeah. sweet it was it was nope. heavy but it wasn't like nazis and holocaust heavy yeah <laughs> okay like just i'm just not surprised lionsgate also has that unbreakable boy that they pulled quite a while from the release schedule mm-hmm. yeah so you've got these two sitting together sitting there just here's really nice films we don't know what to do with them let's put out a horror movie <laughs> do you think we it's, do horror movies do you think this right now is just because of um that merger between STX and Lionsgate that's about to happen. Oh, and yeah. they're just reshuffling their cards, figuring oh, out sure. what to nope, do. They're putting all of their films in, oh, we're not releasing these. So there's some intrinsic value yeah. to our to our stock price. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, I'm sure, can purchase I'm sure it's posturing for this is the value of our slate versus the value of your slate you're bringing to the table. And mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm kind of no. bummed. And then, yeah. Knowing uh, how these film companies think about releases, Lionsgate will release like three films in four weeks and be upset we can't play them all. Yeah. (laughs) A la Universal. Yeah. What do you mean there's other movies? (laughs) Yeah. I'm not really too sure if how well it would have done in that October calendar anyway, seeing the likes of Lila Crocodile, which could be for families anyway. But I mean, Halloween ends will probably take up people's time and same with black adam possibly it was definitely counter programming to halloween ends and um but i mean right now we're looking at a october that was very similar to the may that we had where in may we had um doctor strange and then we had top gun and we're like oh there's only two (laughs) movies what's in the middle there yeah and we were like well we've got firestarter we have downton abbey we we have we have things but yeah, October kind of looks like that with, with Halloween. Halloween ends. And Black Adam. And Black Adam, that's They're it. in the middle as opposed to the right. <laughs> the bookmark. Which, book which is kind of sad. Like, I think Lyle Lyle do okay only because it will have been after this desert of family product, like August and September desert. And so I don't know if people would be just so desperate for something that is just pg maybe mm-hmm. but sounds like you're leaning into your booking strategies for august already by saying look at october yeah <laughs> pretty much <laughs> if you guys haven't figured out does, our pattern any, at this point does anybody like sand and cactuses <laughs> <laughs> because you'll love august it's a Not, desert out there you know, folks I, will say, I think august is turning out a little bit will turn out a little bit better than than i had originally thought i by turning out better i mean i have some options they're not good options. They're not options that I think will like really make any money. But hey, it, at a certain point, you need to have enough variability in your screens that it looks fresh and new. Like there's stuff happening. Like there's energy and transition and like, hey, look at this new thing. You may not want to go see it, but at least we are churning some product out. I, I just think that if you just hold what everybody is kind of going to and just watching it slowly die away, then you're just looking stagnant. And I don't know, I don't know where the fine line is between stagnant bookings where you're just like, there's not worth bringing anything new, something new in or that perception of energy and transition, like where you freshen up the marquee a little bit. That's kind of how I'm taking August and September. <laughs> like, let's uh, let's let's spruce up the place. Just yeah. a little fluff of pillows here and there. Let's just let's be a little different. <laughs> I mean, well, we did no major overhauls, right? We did the podcast earlier today. I wasn't sure if we'd have the Thursday night numbers. Oh, did they come? I've in? got them. Okay, good. okay, okay. Any guesses on Easter Sunday starring Joe Coy? I'm gonna guess less than a million dollars, seven hundred and fifty thousand. I'll go 850. No, 500. 500K. Okay. Oh, I, I was once being I too said, hopeful. Once it, once it left my mouth, I was like, no, 500. It, there's just, he's so good. Like Joe Coy is so good, but this yeah. was not marketed very well. It didn't Mm-mm. play. He did great. I'm not, 
He went out. But he did his shtick. He he marketed himself. His shtick. Yeah, he marketed himself as well. He's personable. He's a comedian. He mm-hmm. knows how to work a crowd. I don't think this was on him. I really think this is on Universal, just not promoting this with any full interest. Like I didn't see anything anywhere promoting this film. I think full interest is the right word. Like never in the marketing did I feel like this comedy was funny, but it wasn't because of what the jokes were within the marketing. It was just because the marketing didn't like somehow make yeah. it funny. I don't know. Like it's it's the weirdest way for me to explain it, but that's just the vibe that I got leading no, up to this. No, he is the star of this movie, and the funniest person in the trailer is horny Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. <laughs> that, Which, yeah. I think that's, that's the problem. <laughs> I think they made it look like a family movie more than a comedy. And I think they needed to really play up Joe Coy front and center, his spazzy, like energetic comedy that he does. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the only funny thing was Tiffany Haddish. And that and that really missed the mark. I, I think that whoever marketed this film did not understand the audience that they were trying to market to. I still it. feel like this could be a family movie, though, if it's like your kids are like around 12 or 13 oh, no or 14. it's gonna be like it's it, gonna be fine it's yeah it's probably a very interesting film it probably is right but you needed to go to the joe coy people that want to see a joe coy I movie mean, he, and then they can bring their family he sells to out it. the staple center yeah regularly right <laughs> with a lakers play <laughs> he could easily you know go over five hundred thousand. i mean he does mm-hmm. shows where he does five hundred thousand in ticket sales right so why so why couldn't he single shows why would you discount that or play that down why wouldn't you and all of the marketing just had all of his funny like jokes zing 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 you know him front and center why would why was his character looking like he's taking a back seat to everybody else yeah i wish i knew the beaten man character yeah (laughs) it felt like a beaten man nobody wants that's just sad all right well speaking of men getting beaten we also had bullet train (laughs) yeah now that (laughs) okay what was the what was the thursday gross do you think on bullet train, I'm gonna go uh, a million. A million. Only because I really liked it. Uh, Bear Holly was closer to the 758 that we. Uh, one point five. More. Yay! Really good. Uh, Two. More. <gasps> wow. Four. Three? More. Four point seven million. Yes. Okay. That is a decent Thursday. That's a great. Wow. That is great. A great and R-rated this is number for original content that wouldn't have had that wouldn't be fan base front loaded and R-rated for that matter. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That's, That's really exciting to hear. I mean, I still don't know if this means like it's going to be past its thirty million projections or whatever. But at least it's, I don't. I don't. Think, at least it's a good yeah. sign that people are going to go. Well, out it's and see on. This. I mean, it's on par with Nope. What Nope did and yeah. Nope is you know, we found out is not a performer. Right. So this doesn't have any divisiveness, mm-hmm. any, it's just a straightforward, big budget action, action film. comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There were so many good parts of this, but I am very encouraged by those early show numbers. I think it's going to have excellent word of mouth. I was a little worried going into yesterday because the critics were kind of, um, making it sound like it was bad. And I, after watching it, I can see exactly where we lost the critics in the, the point of the film. And we'll talk about that. Okay. There is a point in the third act where I think absolutely the critics were like, no, this is stupid. This is getting gimmicky now. But um, it's in the train crash scene. Train crash scene on. I think we lost. Yeah, it. I, I think I think of the same part. Too. Yeah, I think. But, um, but anything leading up to that, everybody left that theater that we went to for our early show, like having really enjoyed that. There was a good energy after that. And I I think you're going to see that perpetuate. Now, are are we going to have big numbers? I don't think we're going to have big numbers on opening weekend because it's a rated R film, but, Mm -hmm. but are we going to hold up those numbers throughout the week for throughout the month of August? I, I think so. But yeah, Thursday first show at three o'clock that we went to, it was half full. Yeah, which is really good because sometimes we're the only people wow. there on those early shows. Yeah. Now it was a small mm-hmm. auditorium and it was the first one and I but hate it was, that one, but that's But it was okay. 60 tickets probably in that auditorium. So yeah. it was, that's a solid number. Yeah. I mean, 4.7 is nothing to scoff at for no. a Thursday show. No. Not anymore. <laughs> no, it's exciting. That's yeah, why you, was, like, you can really... see us popping the champagne right now. You can hear it over the mics. I think Sony <laughs> maybe has too high of expectations for it for sure, but it definitely delivers. But a $35 million opening isn't asking for a lot Mm-mm. from a movie that opens to this on mm-hmm. Thursday. But Nope only did, what, 20? 
or did it do it? was about 30? 40. It did 40. It did 40? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, 35 should Because be. us was 75. That's what oh. the number was. Yeah, everyone was freaking off. out between the two. Because it wasn't, it wasn't on par with us. Well, so. The well, greenness that us is. Ken and I both really enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. What was your take on it, Kyle? No, I had a blast with this as well. Um, a lot funnier of a movie than I expected it to be, even though like it was shown in the trailers. But that comedy style at least reminded me of this director trying to make like his own version of a Guy Ritchie movie. Oh, yeah, um, I can see that. And as well as like with some of the action that was involved in it as well. But um, I thought it was very enjoyable because it was the type of action movie where you can enjoy the characters enough but you don't have to take every aspect of the movie too seriously at the same time like i hate to interrupt you kyle yeah go cody said guy Ritchie. like oh that's a guy Ritchie movie yeah cody named like sherlock th- holmes named um, th- no yeah. name three that is a guy Ritchie no, movie name it, three it guy Ritchie movies yeah. that are set in guy Ritchie's specifically known style um, three. three just three I can't use Sherlock Holmes one and two. No. Oh. I like Sherlock Holmes though. I like so them, I but it did wasn't. Did he do uh, In Bruges? No, but oh, In Bruges is a great movie though. Did he do <laughs> Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels? Yeah. Okay. One. One. And that's that, that's one that I was thinking of too. Yep. Yeah. Aladdin. Um, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> the Aladdin that he did sequel. That one. <laughs> like he did do one recently, huh. but yeah. not. Yeah, um, he did. Oh, what was the he, one? He didn't. He, it was in Guy Ritchie style, and I, I actually really enjoyed it. I know. I can't remember the name. Okay. I got. I feel like I did okay, though. Come on. She did get one. Yeah. Got one. Without I could see it. Without us pushing her into what movie to say. The, the gentleman was the one she, okay. that yeah, he just did. Gentleman yeah. could be in that yeah. same vein. Snatch could be in that same yes. vein. Um, but no, th- that's I what. I think I knew enough to know what his style was. I mostly thought it looked like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Sherlock it Holmes had is great, though. That slow down, like really stylized action fighting in it. I know. Why are you looking at me like that? There was That's no a, slow down. Yeah, there was. In Sherlock, no, there was. It wasn't yeah, that. Yeah, and he would talk about it and like how he punched the guy. In and, Sherlock Holmes, yes, yeah. not in this movie. Oh, I see. What you mean. <laughs> yeah, there was. No, no, there was at one point where there was one slow motion thing. Everything else was in but at the, normal he speed. Still had, but he still had like that quick w- fighting style in that Sherlock Holmes movie. Why are we getting in this conversation? <laughs> I was right. Just let it I go. I didn't know I'd open this can of worms, but I should have seen it coming. <laughs> no, he's just coming. poking the bear right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing that on purpose. And I cannot like navigate my way out of it because he knows that I you're, will. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> knows I will engage. Happy Friday. <laughs> Cody can't. She can't not defend herself. <laughs> She's a honey badger, folks. <laughs> Wolverine. <laughs> Don't let that blonde hair fool you. That's all honey badger under there. Uh, well, you guys can now chime in and have your own thoughts about the movie as well. Well, I enjoyed the movie, but I didn't like my companions there. <laughs> <laughs> they were stinky. Egging you on. They were horrible. They talked in the movie. Just real right jerks. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy that was sitting like three seats away from us that had the crazy like John Ratzenberger laugh. Oh yeah. <laughs> I might have heard that laugh before actually, like <laughs> some of my other movies too. It was, it was so outrageous. Like we went with somebody else and me and our guests were laughing at ourselves, laugh watching listening to this guy laugh because it was such an epic laugh. I I bet you it's that guy that I'm thinking of. <laughs> Cause last year I almost went to like the same screens as this one particular person who had like the craziest like laugh like what you're describing yeah. is it a bigger guy i, I like the, i can't tell like oh. i can't in tell the dark. in the dark i can't tell who it is i'm just glad like i don't run into this person anymore because at first like it was funny but then since i go to the movies so many times and apparently this guy does too like i hear it <laughs> and i'm like oh my god this need this guy needs to stop we like have, it's not funny anymore we have certain seats that we like to get in every one of our screenings it's like middle front row like kind of on the aisle mm-hmm. i usually like to be up further but this affords us the ability to put our feet up on the rail <laughs> because we have crappy seats because we have such crappy seats <laughs> yeah. you got to do something and otherwise otherwise i'm dead center <laughs> middle of all of the speakers up mm-hmm. high enough that the screen's not below you or too far above you you're right in line with it anyways 
we can get in the dynamics of where the best seat is in the <laughs> cinema another time. But um, Ken informed me, he's like, we didn't get our usual seats. We're to the right. And I'm like, oh, somebody beat us to it. Well, in walks these like couple guys. And I was like, those douchebags took my spot. <laughs> like I could tell already. Like yeah. I... I they had that walk I just, to them. No, oh, like, the best seats. This, uh-huh. Like this, these guys, they they go enough. They know where the good seats are. Like we connected, and, and sure enough, I like they kind of followed me in, and then I sat down, and then they had to like scoot by me. I'm like, I knew it. I knew. <laughs> okay. I knew. So then the I and then I tune everything out when I watch a movie, so I did not hear. This she didn't laugh. hear this guy's voice. <laughs> You're but so it was, lucky. I just tune it out. Like, I don't I run heard, into him anymore, but I it still haunts my dreams. I forgot Ken was sitting next to me until I had to get up to use the restroom, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, excuse me, excuse me." <laughs> you know, you know what I found out interesting about this yesterday when I was getting keys for folks. Mm-hmm. Bullet train is only in five point one. You know, okay. it's hard to tell that from our crappy theater mm-hmm. that has like that I feel forgets to turn on the surround sound because I think speakers are broken in there. Yeah. But that's weird. It would think that with all of that action, you would have done something. Well, I mean, they have an at- Atmos track, but yeah. I wouldn't think you'd have 5.1 into Atmos. It would be 7.1 right. Dolby and then into Atmos. But they mm-hmm. had 5.1, which I just thought was strange. I was trying to find it for places. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, there's only two tracks. It's either 5.1, which is basic standard, or we have Atmos. Yeah. <laughs> there's no in between. <laughs> well, somehow in the screening I was in, I was like, oh, this sounds actually good. This is a dream. But the fact that it is only in 5.1, I was just like, wow, really? It's Yeah, yeah. it's weird. For sure. Oh no! There's a mysterious beeping going on in our like kitchen utility room, and so the only good thing is it's intermittent and it doesn't speed up. It's not like beep 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 beep. beep. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you're like, (laughs) and I don't see any smoke, so I think we're okay. I bet you they can't even hear it. I'm wondering (laughs) when we listen back on this. (laughs) They have to see us all stop or like. It's gonna mention it. Like we're all okay. So what was your takeaway okay. on Bullet right, Train? This was my takeaway. I really enjoyed it. It was funny. Uh, to Kyle said, I thought all the characters were different, very well acted, and very interesting characters. Like there wasn't a boring character on there. Like, And mm. this film needed to ha- have you be invested in every one because there's a lot. And my only like sad part is, is that some of them didn't get as much screen time as others, but they were still all super good characters. Um, the big bad white death character that is the overarching bad guy in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Ken was really excited who the actor was that played that Michael Shannon. I secretly kind of wished it was Mickey Rourke. <laughs> I don't know why I just wanted Mickey I Rourke. I, I think it's the hair. Yeah. <laughs> I think when I saw the scraggly hair and the, and the kind yeah. of weird Russian accent, I was like, Oh, Mickey Rourke. Iron Man 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted a, a bit of that back with the, because he has that like, no, I'll F you up mm-hmm. attitude and I just don't care like he did in that, in Iron Man 2. And so I wanted, I wanted that I'm glad back. they had like a real actor in the role. <laughs> but <laughs> what are I you was... saying about Mickey Rourke? Come on. Have, when has anybody ever been like, I want him in this with mickey rourke yeah never i know i was surprised Not since 87 I just, I, <laughs> he was just like he's been the that. fourth choice for right. a lot of these <laughs> i was i didn't watch anything or read anything about this film after i saw the trailer because i was hoping to be surprised by it yeah. and i was i i'm glad it was michael shannon because he's a great actor yeah but i was hoping it was something like way over the top now my thoughts were like Tom Cruise pops out of this thing or Tom Hanks with a crazy Russian accent, like in the terminal. (laughs) And everybody is scared to death of Tom Hanks. Yeah, (laughs) He just slices and dices people up. That's okay. I want an action movie with Tom Hanks. I guess he's never done. Has he done an action movie? Tom well, Hanks? I mean, Am I well, missing saving, on something? Saving, saving Private Ryan. Ryan. Oh, okay, fine, fine. Okay, I think that, yeah. That, okay, I mean, it's that a period count. piece, but it's a... It's a war movie, yeah. so... Yeah. Okay, fine. That that was a dumb question. But that would... But an Turner and Hooch? <laughs> yeah. Joe versus the volcano, anyone? He runs with the dog, right? It's... <laughs> He's a cop. Yeah. <laughs> he has a gun. There's action in the field. <laughs> so I will say that in the 
third act, there's this huge like train crash scene. Like they take the bullet train off the rails and it crashes. I think it during that scene is where the, they lost the critics. Cause you get this like really cheesy slow-mo, like <laughs> flying through the different cars, you know, mm-hmm. just, or it's so unbelievable that anybody would survive that part. And so that that's where I think they, the critics lost it, but it wasn't terrible. Um, and I just think there's one scene at the very end of the movie that the special effects, they were like, we ran out of budget. So we, yeah. do you know what I mean? That were where the yeah, guy I gets shot where someone's head explodes, yep. someone's head explodes, but it's fuzzy. Like there's half of it and it's fuzzy. And no, you don't... The, the last 10 minutes I thought looked fuzzier than the rest of the movie. Like and they, I did get that sense yeah. too. I was like, this feels like they weren't sure how to end this movie. And then they found a way, but that's when the budget was already taken. Right. Like you just, uh, like another million dollars and they could have gotten that special effect. Oh, just, yeah. And it was one and it really stood out as shockingly. Like you were like, uh Oh yeah. You didn't finish that. But here's the thing though. Like at least the majority of the movie leaving up to that last, what? 10, 15 so minutes. Maybe. So buttoned up. Exactly. So you can almost be forgiving about it. You don't want it to not look good. Right. But, but you forgive them. I'm not exactly. saying that's a bad and that's, thing. and that's what I think. A lot of people who make movies or are in the business need to realize is that it doesn't really matter about the special effects. Like, we do want them to be good, but if right. you are able to tell a good story within it, then it could, like, be forgiven enough. And I think Bullet Train is kind of a good example of that. We wished it was 90 minutes, but it was a solid two hours of film. It yeah. could have like, been trimmed. For scheduling. Really? I, for scheduling. After watching it, I was like, I don't know where they would have trimmed it. What would what would you have trimmed out to get it down? I don't know. I mean, that was kind of an, another issue that I had as well, was that there was just so much connectivity, which did like make it fun and help make me like the characters. But at the same time, with how the the movie is laid out with the the fast paceness of it all i was kind of thinking okay maybe like the length of the movie should also be i don't know if it should be 90 but maybe like 100 or you know just not to where it's um like that over two hour feeling that i got from it mm-hmm. oh i thought it was perfectly well paced okay. i liked there wasn't anything i would have cut from it um and i just i think that i liked how all the characters there was a storyline that connected them all in like in, in kind of a, a weird way, but it made sense at the end. And I like how they like spoon fed it to us. I didn't want to have to think about it. It wasn't a multiverse where my brain exploded. It was literally <laughs> just like these events happened in real mm-hmm. life. It's very plausible how these characters came together. And I like that. I, li- I liked how that worked. Yes. This was, I'm going to hold on to your seat. This was similar to a guy Ritchie movie what? in which they like, use like Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes, Holmes right in which they used linear storytelling with flashbacks <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah they didn't they didn't show you things out of place but they did show you the story and then you know so much exposition but I needed it I mean there were so many characters in this right yeah. but they went back and used flashbacks to complete the story and that's what I liked about it that was the thing that I was missing most from nope was any sort of explanation. Gotcha. Yeah, this kind of went the other way. I mean, it could literally have been one sentence, like, this is why the alien is here. (laughs) Give me that. We won't rehash the nope issues. No, it's just hungry. We're moved on from that. As much as I like Bullet Train, I saw another movie this week I liked better. Better? (laughs) What? And I I was with you for this, so I'm I'm very curious on... That's that's crazy, because I did not see this other better movie, but (sighs) the fact that I even enjoyed pull a train with you was is pretty good i think speaks to how well that movie is so i am great time probably this probably my weak point in films i love a fish out of water story for some reason it just cracks me up to no end yeah when it's a dog protecting a town full of cats <laughs> or somebody from new york and texas is crazy <laughs> but kyle and i snuck out to see vengeance uh, written and directed by B.J. Novak. Yeah, from Focus Features. Yep, and I really, really enjoyed this film. And I did too. <laughs> well, I, I, because I walked into it pretty blind. I even for like working in this industry to a degree, I just did not really look too closely into what this movie was. So sneaking out and watching it with you, I was very impressed by what this movie was able to accomplish, like a funny murder mystery, which I'm glad those are like kind of becoming the thing now, but it also had like a layer of fish out of waterness to it that 
didn't feel, um, I don't know, didn't feel cheesy or didn't feel cliched. Like it felt pretty realistic to where I could buy into like what he's having to go through from being from New York and landing in like middle of nowhere, Texas. And it just lets some great comedy moments. Yeah. And normally they screw this up. And when they integrate things like of our, our current technology of, of podcasts, of phones, of talking about servers, they make it either so dumbed down or so aggressive. Right. But this was right down the middle. Everybody knows what a podcast is. Mm -hmm. And it, it, if you didn't know it, explained it they had a podcast producer that was part of this and she was amazing yeah <laughs> she was great in this bj novak was great in this the family from texas they was were excellent. hilarious they were really funny and ashton kutcher was a you know a fun surprise yeah i knew he was in it but him actually you know showing off some chops mm-hmm. other that... than dude 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 <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I agree with you with Ashton Kutcher. It was a character I didn't expect from him to play, but uh, he did a good job. Like, I can't really remember me saying that about Ashton Kutcher role, despite me enjoying him in, like, things such as comedies. So uh, he he was very good. Yeah. It didn't nice. do it. it you have no questions it. for us? <laughs> no. It didn't. Because Ken and I talked about it before. I had to. I, had to s- I, I asked to him who the bad guy was that murdered the girl and I had a feeling I knew who it was and I was right. That is the one thing like, I will say. You is only like, have so many characters. It's obviously going to be, it's not going to be somebody from the shadows. It was somebody in the trailer. Just the way that they use the characters too. I was like, well, I'm starting to narrow it down and I don't like doing that in mystery movies. I like mm-hmm. to shut off my brain and try to like be surprised at the end. But with this movie, I will say, despite me enjoying the mystery part of it, even I was like, it's probably going to be this guy, but how it ties into like the themes of this movie and um, it like was, what happened exactly. I thought that was actually a pretty good It gave good it touch. an ending and it was a secondary to right. the, you know, surprise twist when the third act started. Yeah. Um, I, I, <laughs> the family Ken, like, oh yeah, by the way. <laughs> Ken did say that like the way he said the film ended um, mm. kind of surprised me. Like mm. it just... Sounds like it, you know, they kill the bad guy and then life goes on. In a, and in a focus film, a searchlight film, an yeah. A twenty four film, the the protagonist confronts the antagonist and the movie ends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's how they end. Sure. Right. These these art films. But this gave us an ending. Right. Killed and the bad guy and moved on with life. That still bothers yeah. me a little bit because I like to know like did did he get away with it? Like, can you get away with killing somebody and then I mean, not have repercussions? But that's fine. Technically, without giving too much away, they both did. <laughs> they both did. Oh. And no one has seen this movie outside of Ken and I, so everyone's <laughs> like, I don't know what this means. Right. But. The, the national gross is $18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually pretty good. I hope this gets... Um, I don't know whether people see it in theaters <laughs> or somewhere else. I hope people like I mean, find this movie. Do you I don't, think uh, this movie benefited, even though it didn't make a splash in theaters, having benefited from going to theaters? I think so because it kind of loops back to what I just said 30 seconds ago that I hope people find this movie. <laughs> no, <but I'm, laughs> yeah. I'm and hopefully the theatrical oh, no. this part of it would have disappeared. Would have, you yeah. would have had to have been right. specifically. If it was on streaming, it would have. If just, it would have. Yes, exactly. You okay. would have really had to be a bj novak or ashton kutcher fan and even ashton kutcher fans are like he's back yeah <laughs> i thought he, he, never, was, never I thought he was investing in crypto or he whatever never left he's i watch in. him on tbs every day at 4 30 <laughs> <laughs> that so. 70s show reruns right that's, that's what we're all watching <laughs> they're making of that 90s show now of course they are i thought they already did no, I, I don't I think care they're starting it, but. <laughs> um Interesting. Interesting about that. <laughs> well, that kind of brings us into our, our next topic about Warner Brothers shaking things up. You know, we've got, we had that Warner Brothers Discovery merger. Uh, Discovery is best known for reality show content. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did really well. And Shark pan- Week. And Shark Week. And they did really well. Thank you, you know, During the pandemic with their reality show stuff. So they were on a pretty strong footing. And during the pandemic, I think Warner's uh, suffered. They did a lot of experimenting with theatrical windows day and date streaming trying to get hbo max up and so now with these two coming together we're going to get a different approach to you know warner's distribution and it's just the biggest news this week is that the new ceo 
is shelving a $90 million film. That's yeah. done shooting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's done. It's completed or not completed, well, but it's done shooting. principle was done. They were, yeah. they were just fine-tuning a little bit. But even still, $90 Shit. million. This guy is meaning business, apparently. it's This movie was also like a Batgirl movie, by the way, a yeah. DC yeah. movie. But it's... First off, that's just never happens. Like that really happens, I imagine. But it's just funny that this news about Batgirl is no longer going to be releasing anywhere. Like not even theaters, just not even streaming. It's just gone. It never happened. But it's that to going to this larger overall scale of what Warner Bros. is going to be doing differently. And they also had a a second Scoob movie. I know. That completely disappeared also. Never heard about this Which we haven't heard about. And I'm sure because it's animated and it takes forever to make. Right. But just gone. So... (laughs) They shelved these films for a couple of reasons. One was when you do like a merger and stuff, you you get an opportunity to do some accounting and some rearranging of debt. And I think that these films fell victim to that. Like they took an opportunity to um, move some of the debt to other stuff. So that that happened. But also there was this overarching strategy change where before there was such an emphasis on streaming. The future was going to be on streaming. Well, in the two years of the pandemic, we realized streaming's great and it is definitely, you've got to do it to diversify, but it is not going to be the end all be all because you don't make any money on streaming. But Spider-Man. But Spider-Man. So, <laughs> so obviously you have to have a theatrical and we had been trumping that theatrical horn for years now on this. I yeah. mean, even before the pandemic, when, when Netflix was trying to get into Academy Awards and we were like, no, you cannot have this. You are not a real... Um, you are not real movies. You need to go to theaters. That experience of going and seeing in the theater legitimizes it on so many different levels. And it was just really hard for us to articulate that. But now corporate America, the corporate overlords are seeing that. And I guess we should have been more patient that what we were saying anecdotally would have come to fruition that there would be no money at the pipelines. Like why would I spend any money on your streaming service to see garbage? Mm-hmm. because you've made it garbage because you've not given it any filtering any legitimacy by putting in theaters because not every movie goes to theaters and people, yeah so only the special i like to say best ones but sometimes a turd comes through like but, nope but we won't go there but warner brothers <laughs> has been <laughs> very good i mean historically yeah. i'm propping up the industry like they have so many releases they, they have so many releases they market them so really well they're very friendly with exhibitors on their terms like that they are one of the easiest best studios to work with and you want to work with them because their content's really good but now they're gonna limit (laughs) these films most but now that now we're just getting into the age where even that studio is going to start eliminating slate but on the other side they're not going to just put production dollars straight to movies that are going right to streaming and i think that's what a big nix of the batgirl movie was was like you put a lot of production dollars into a movie that was supposed to go just to streaming and it's not even good for streaming. It's not apparently. even good for streaming. It's not good for theatrical. We can never retain extra value from this. That was just wasted money. And I like to see that they're not going to waste production dollars on that anymore. Yeah. That's the part that I'm going to be the most positive about here um, in terms of the theater industry is that it seems like, they're going to make sure, one, movies are for where they should go first, theatrical. But two, they're not going to put so much of their money into just making anything. whether Regardless of if it's theatrical or streaming, they're going to try their best to make sure like it's going to be the best quality for the best viewing experience, which is theaters. Yeah. So, But there's, there's a bunch of other stuff that goes deeper into this Warner Bros. stuff that I don't necessarily like. But that's definitely like at the top of my list where I'm the most happy with. Yeah, Warner Brothers shelves Batgirl, but they release Matrix Revolutions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, like... <laughs> but they release The Suicide Squad. Right. It's just... <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing, too. Like, I mean, they can say that, oh, we're going to make sure this is the best quality possible. Well, yeah, but you're also working with people and artists. <laughs> like, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be great. We hope it's great, but... So it's it's also like, you know, corporate speak at the same time, which we also have to take with a grain of salt. But it, it gives me hope that they at least think about theatrical first and they spend their money wisely to push that um, the, the, the movie theaters. 
Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't mean just because they shelved it now that they can't take that and turn it into a series or some or clean it up for HBO Max. I mean, it just it's possible. I, you may not have seen. It's not like this may never see the light of day. Yeah. It's just probably not this, in in the film form, and they probably need to have a big talk about what to do with it. This felt like a line in the sand, though. Very rarely do we get these announced. I mean, we're on big, big budget things. So yeah. it was very interesting that this happened. I mean, it was this new CEO basically throwing down like, I'm not releasing this garbage. <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing that I'm kind of liking out of this CEO. It, it feels different from, <clears throat> excuse me, all these other CEO changes from all these different types of studios. This seems like a guy who's coming in and is saying, um, like, we have to be much more strategic and much more careful with what we're making. Like, we can't just be on a whim throwing out whatever so it's been interesting we um always talk about how the theatrical legitimizes the value in the film it Mm -hmm. actually brings value because of the filtering process the perceived like movies just don't go to theaters unless they're worth you spending your money on the the act of actually going to the movie and spending money to buy a ticket to see something gives it more value than getting something for free and I found it funny that we've just not maybe on this podcast articulated that as very well. And now in the corporate world, they're calling it that films gain cultural relevance and that that um, gives them more value. And it's just funny, like when you hear corporate speak around like something you knew intrinsically oh. in the behavior. But well, there was there were stats, there were graphs, there yeah. were <laughs> things that showed us this. Right. There's a reason why Spider-Man isn't on streaming yet because they're trying to get as much money out of this as possible before they sell it to a streamer. Mm. But it will be there. It's going to end up on a Netflix or an HBO Max or... Eventually. Eventually for a shitload of money. (laughs) They're going to make a ton of cash on this. I wonder if Disney is learning this lesson in some regards because they're taking their their heavy-duty billion-dollar theatrical properties and they're like, we need to expand these universes. And they are... And then while they're not putting them on Disney Plus, like as movies themselves right away, they are expanding these TV shows out, these shows, and they may only have six to 10 episodes. But I just wonder with the way things have been soft, especially on Thor and stuff, that um, they're not oversaturating the supply of all this, of all of their product. Like I, to the point where you just don't care anymore. Devaluing it. Yeah. Through... Yeah. oversaturating the market not that these aren't big big films still but are you, would you be interested in another star wars film when you have mandalorian and you have kenobi and yeah I mean, and historically it's like two marvel movies a year yeah. and then we had one avengers a year right. <laughs> and that's what it was mm-hmm. but it, after that point and then all these all the content on streaming just you know like they announced it. disney announced a new avengers movie and i could I was not excited about it at all. It's like, who's going to be the Avengers? You've killed off all the ones I like. And and it's all in these new, but it's all in these new TV shows. And if you're not super plugged into all that, like you're just, you're you're not having a film that is, that can be accessible by all audiences. Yeah. She's already in a bad mood. Kyle, you ready for me to poke the bear? Yes. Now I am. Okay. This same CEO that we're excited about, these changes he's making and shoving products, also wants to have a negotiable theatrical window. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, you got to wait for what he says in the next line. Like He's like, we believe in theatrical with a flexible windowing option. Yeah, we heard this yeah. back in 2021. Get a new routine, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else already tried this. I know. Like, Have uh, you ever heard of Trolls World Tour? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that... That was the other side of it to where I'm worried about what's to come. Me too. Me too. Like, cause I feel like Universal is still navigating this. Like they still, they, their issue is, is like, well, we have 21 days, but if our film is performing, you need to hold it in your theater and you need to support us. And, yeah. and we're like, why, why when my customer can go out and go see it on Peacock, why would I, want to support you on this plus from probably a booking standpoint you probably could see a theater that 
you know, is a movie could be doing well in one location and then somewhere else on the other side of America, the same movie just drops off. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, why? Like, why what's the you, measurement there? Why are you self-sabotaging? Yeah. On this. Oh, no. And we have, I mean, the best example of this right now is Paramount. They have all these releases this year on a strict 45 day window 45 days it's going to paramount plus and nothing has really they've all performed but they haven't gone like above and beyond so scream and jackass and sonic all Mm -hmm. all go after 45 days Mm -hmm. everything shows up there after 45 days except for then top gun comes around and they're like oh we got to milk this for all it's worth it's like yeah, you could have done this with the other titles as well. Right. <laughs> like, there was still money left the in these only, titles. The only one was Pause of Fury, but no, but, but theaters would have, were telling you that you wasted this film. Like, you putting it in this release date wasted it, so you might as well put it on Paramount Plus. August but, or September. Yeah. It was yeah. right there. Oh, my gosh. Well, you had a, <laughs> End of you had Minions, and then you had a, an animated superhero movie with Dwayne Johnson. Like and right your up, lead yeah. is Michael Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Like Michael who? Anymore? <laughs> Michael Sarah could take Dwayne. <laughs> yeah. Take Dwayne out to the Tell movies. Me <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. I'm right. <laughs> no. So on that on that hot. <laughs> I know we're still. I know we're still experimenting with this stuff. I just. I feel like we're just blowing out into the ether, like give us windowing back you know it doesn't have to be the 90 days we're not asking for that anymore 45 days is great yeah just give us consistent windowing don't you know put quality film pay money you know marketing spends quality films in theaters and you will see them as investments for further revenue down the line you got to start treating these films as not only creative cultural investments but strategic business investments as well and you and when you have an investment you put money into that and you get a return down the road and it does seem like this guy understands the investment part which is why i think he's wanting to make sure to pull back on how much money to spend on not only theatrical movies but also in the streaming aspect but it is weird at the same time that despite thinking of these as investments they're still wanting this flexible window option because that doesn't feel like you want to capitalize enough on your investment. Right. It's very, it's very odd. I don't really understand. They just want all the control and I get that. Yeah. It's their product. They want all the control. But my only concern with this guy besides the flexible windowing was that he came from reality shows, which cost nothing to make. Mm-hmm. They don't barely even pay these people to be on them. It's just, like cheap content and i don't want him to bring that same philosophy to filmmaking like filmmaking is completely different you have to pay for production you have to pay or there is a quality there and that's why that quality makes it into theater and if you don't pay for that quality i'm not saying you need a 200 million dollar movie i think that's ridiculous anymore but there should be a certain spend level and quality level that you need to uh, make sure that is there all the time and Mm -hmm. i could see him stumbling on the next few projects under his watch where he's like no 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 cut the budget and then he gets a turd of a film and he's like what happened we had the best creative talent on this well you didn't give him any money to work with and it shows it will show up visually yeah yeah that's my worry too i hope that at least with his background he can lead in um the like the best artist to be able to make the best stuff but it's like you said, if he's had a background to where he understands how to make product for cheap, then how do, does that mean that's also going to translate into giving like that cheap amount of money to those same artists? And on top of that, since you know he cut a lot of movies, like the background movie, for example, that's probably not going to be a good look for other filmmakers and writers and stuff to where they're like, I mean, I kind of would like my movie to be released, good or bad, so... <laughs> yeah it's 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 going to be very interesting to see how those uh how this all fleshes because out even when disney bought fox and they didn't get the best slate of films they still released them all yeah and they worked behind the scenes whether yeah. they were theatrical or streaming to but, give them their money's worth i'm sure but they used but them. new mutants yeah they still released it yeah i mean granted it was pandemic time and they did it as a write-off but they still they still put it out there. I mean, we have for them to write off Batgirl completely and not to like rework it into something. We I have Barbarian coming up. Yeah, and I didn't like that part. <laughs> yeah. we, we have Barbarian That's coming true. up. We're still, <laughs> getting we're still getting Fox title, which is yeah. surprising. I thought yeah. for sure it would have been 
done with at this point, but I, it, it goes deeper than I yeah. thought it did. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a whole slate of Fox stuff that they're And Fox not. was a big releaser before this, yeah. too. They were on par with Warner Brothers yeah. before they got bought by Disney, where you had two films a month. Right. Pretty you consistently. Yeah. yeah. Felt like it. I am concerned that he's going to pull back. Like, we have gotten through our slate pretty well because... You, you get it you can go the disney route where you have like six films a year mm-hmm. one every couple months and they make big splashes they're big temples but if you know but they aren't consistent and so it's hard sometimes when you want to book them to always give them their just space because you're like you're not really consistently helping us out here it, but that's been okay and they've been able to get away with that and theaters have been able to maintain because theaters are got to be a healthy ecosystem because Warners and Universal have stepped up and they put out enough product that it gets you through those times. What happens when you all have six films a year or 10, mm-hmm. you know, like what happens when they all pull back, you're going to see an issue in the theatrical ecosystem. Now you're starving it of content and so there is a fine balance there. You want you realized that theatrical gives your films value. You realize that you need them and you can't help you. You're not going to make it all on streaming. You're never going to get a direct to consumer relationship where you retain enough value on your content. It's just not going to happen. So you need this filtering effect from the theaters. But if you starve them of content, that filtering effect is going to have diminishing returns. So. I've been trying to add to the conversation. Kyle, <laughs> Michael Sarah could not beat Dwayne Johnson at a game of oh Yahtzee. God, that was, that was so <laughs> you don't know that. That, that was yeah. so He could be a great Yahtzee board. player. <laughs> no. Even if he is ranked the world's best Yahtzee player, Dwayne Johnson will smolder at him and he will fold. Michael yeah. Sarah is shifty, though. He has to no. get eye contact for the smoldering to work. No. He is. Dwayne Johnson is more everything than Michael Sarah. <laughs> I mean, I was even trying to think of things that Michael Sarah is better at than Dwayne Johnson, like being the awkward white guy. Yeah. Or the the awkward teenager. Yeah. That's what he's that's what he's known as. At age forty, he can still pull it off, yes. Yeah. Um, have you seen Jumanji where Dwayne Johnson plays the awkward guy? He Crap. does it better Crap. than that's Michael Sarah. That's a good point. <laughs> there is no part of Michael Sarah. Nothing. I can't believe I <laughs> I can't believe that joke actually had like a really good point to it. Like I was like, how is there going to be a connection between these? Oh yeah. Jumanji. Okay. Oh, I might have to take the L on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I still believe L. in you. I still believe in you, Mike. That's what I call him. It's so ridiculous. You just got to ignore it. That it happened and be like, He's, I hope nobody picked up on did that. Did you just call like, him Mike? Mike Sarah is a completely different actor oh than God. Michael Sarah. <laughs> Mike Sarah is like a third grip. <laughs> hey, hey, yo, I'm Mike Sarah. <laughs> oh my god, I, I'm just gonna keep trashing Kyle, so I'm done for today. Yeah, I think I'm done too. All right, on that note, folks, uh, we'll be back next week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if Michael Sarah had a wrestling name, it would be like <laughs> Mike Stream Bean Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Dwayne Rock Johnson, Michael the Sock Johnson. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Off the Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms or at screeninsider.co. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off the Break Podcast.